0: Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. As Catholic Christians, we know there's so much more to marriage than a one-day event with a beautiful dress, a tux, and the chicken dance. As wedding season kicks into high gear, we're going to take a step back and talk about the vocation of marriage and why the engagement process is so important. Joining us for that, Father Michael Van Sloan, a retired priest and pastor of the Archdiocese and regular contributor to the Catholic spirit. Welcome back to Practicing Catholic, Father. Good to have you with us.
1: Thank you, Patrick. It's a joy to be with you, and I just appreciate all the great work that you do. And spread the good, the, you know, you're know, you a great evangelizer and spread the good news.
0: Well, thanks be to God. Uh, it's all because of Him, absolutely. Well, and Father, you, of course, have had a, have a long and distinguished career as a priest in the Church of God, so I'm just curious, as we're talking about um, weddings, marriage, and specifically engaged couples, any idea of how many engaged couples you have accompanied during your time in parish life?
1: This is a very interesting question. You know that I was in sports before I became a priest.
0: Yeah, okay. And so
1: I was very interested in keeping statistics, and this is (laughs) one statistic that I kept. Oh. So I've presided for about 445 weddings.
0: Wow. Wow. 445 weddings. That's amazing. If my uh, math is correct, that's eight hundred and ninety husbands and wives, right? Individuals. That would be uh,
1: right on target.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, thanks be to it's God been really for a that. Really, a
1: joyful process, too, Patrick. Yeah. Um, when I started, I, I was doing uh, handling about thirty or thirty-five couples a year when I was at okay. St. Stephen's. You know, yeah. it, there's not as many, um, you know, not as many young couples are bringing their marriages to church anymore. But there's been a really a, an interesting shift in the dynamic. Okay. I used to be that people would come to church, a couple would come because mom and dad wanted them to, or grandpa and grandma wanted them to. Sure. And I have found that the kids are paying less attention to their parents and doing what they want. Hmm. And so the couples that come to church, I have found over the last 10 years, the couples were really intentional and really hmm. wanted to be there. They wanted Jesus. They wanted God to be at the center of their marriage. They wanted to be um, approaching sacramental grace They wanted to be a witness to their family and their friends. So really, I've always enjoyed doing marriages, but recently I've enjoyed them even more.
0: Wow. Huh. Yeah, well, I suppose, I mean, that's, uh, at the very least, that's seeing the silver lining on the cloud, right? It's too bad that there aren't more intentional couples out there. But it is nice that when the couples come to you that they are being very intentional about um, placing God at the center of their of their, of their marriage and
1: absolutely
0: yeah yeah well let's i mean one of the things i wanted to talk about is we're talking about engaged couples now we've all heard the stories or seen on tv shows and things like this about those who uh, you know they run off to vegas to get married or something like that and you know with and maybe they're maybe they meet in vegas and get married after i don't know just a couple hours together but the church typically promotes a six month minimum engagement period why is that father
1: um, really the Church knows that a preparation and cate- catechesis for sacraments is essential. Actually, we do with all of our sacraments. If you're going to have a baby baptized, mom and dad have to go, go through a baptism prep class. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you do, when you're going to get confirmed, you go through a one- or two-year program at your parish getting ready for confirmation. Right. I mean, so priests are going through four years of theology getting ready for ordination. So it's clear across the board with all of the sacraments, except for the sacrament of anointing, that um, preparation for the sacraments is something that the Catholic Church expects of the faithful. Hmm.
0: And that six-month is set aside for that preparation. So give us an idea. I mean, what, how do you prepare well for the, the sacrament of matrimony?
1: Well, so most parishes have a, a pretty comprehensive program of things that they're going to want to do. Uh, one of the things that I've told our staff and my brother priests and the deacons is that we want to have a joyful welcome the second they call so that they know that we're eager to serve them. And then we want to have it be easy for them to access the programs. So normally what we do is have a, you know, so you're going to have a meeting or two or three with the priest or deacon right on the front, you know, just trying to get things set up. And then uh, um, both of the parishes that I've been at, we've had mentor couples. So the mentor couples are uh, already engaged couples that are really living out the sacrament well, and you get to know them at the parish. And so it's kind of a one-on-one thing, one, one experienced couple with the engaged couple, and they walk them through the process and, um, you know, take them through a number of lessons and do sharing of their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, um, it's called uh, marriage, in, it's an engaged encounter, so it's a retreat that we have them uh, go on at, as part of the preparation program. Then we have an education program that our, um, our faith formation program does for them. I mean, there's a lot of things. Our liturgist sits down to prepare the liturgy for them. We have a communication instrument that they take, and then uh, either the priest, the deacon, or the mentor couple will walk them through it and process it, you know, look at faith issues, common interests, finances, communication, problem-solving, all that sort of thing. So there's a whole lot of components uh, to the marriage preparation program that we do for the engaged couples.
0: And one of the things that I appreciate about it, Father, is that there's there's not just the practical uh, steps and practical concerns that you were, the ones you were just mentioning there, but of course, as part of a typical marriage preparation uh, in the church, of course, they're talking about making, not just making marriage work, but making it a good and God-centered marriage, right? Oh,
1: absolutely. And so we want to be sure that there is a spiritual part about studying the what the sacrament means and what Jesus would expect out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so Jesus said, as I've done so, you should also do. So we looked at Jesus for how, how he would model for a, a couple what they can do. I mean, so he was an expert communicator with his disciples. We expect them to be expert communicators with each other. Mm. Uh, so Jesus sat down, and ate with them, so we expect a couple to do practical things about sharing meals together, visiting over meals together. Just think of how many times Jesus went on trips with his disciples. So yeah. we talk about making the journey of life together. Uh-huh. Um, I, I tell people, particularly in Minnesota, you know how oh, Jesus went on fishing trips a lot. You should go <laughs> fishing together. <laughs> <laughs> That's and pretty actually good. Actually, I wrote an article about it and said, you know, Jesus went to the big city. I mean, he went from uh, Galilee to Jerusalem a lot of times, Go on a trip to the big city. I mean, so if you live out in the country, come to the Twin Cities. If you live in the Twin Cities, go to Chicago or New York. Go on a big trip and have a good time. And I'm amazed how many couples have taken real practical little things that Jesus did and modeled, and they were able to implement that as they tried to strengthen their marriage.
0: Now, you're actually getting into an area that I I wanted to be sure and ask you about, Father, which was what is so significant about the sacrament of matrimony or matrimony or marriage as a sacrament rather than just a legal contract? I mean, what is it reflecting to the world about God?
1: Oh, this is so important. Uh, When you look at it as a contract, you know, so there's terms and conditions in a contract, right? Right. This is an unconditional thing when you're doing a covenant. So, we're contrasting a contract and a covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a contract has an escape clause. You know, the covenant is permanent. The contract, is, uh, contract isn't modeled, it's not a spiritual model. The, the, the covenant is modeled on the way that God loves us. There are so many different things about the two of them that you want to use covenantal kind of imagery and theology to understand. Uh, what the kind of relationship that they're going to be having is. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I like to spend time with them particularly on is this kind of the 50-50 mentality. And I hear okay. it in couple after couple when they're a little immature and they're coming in and they're saying, you know, we get along really good. We compromise. You know, I get my way part of the time. She gets her way part of the time, you know, and we're, we're okay with that. And I go, God, that's not the way that Jesus set it up at all. Mm. I mean, did Jesus go 50-50 with us? Did he go halfway with us? And they're looking at me like, uh-oh. So Jesus <laughs> gave himself as a total gift for us. And so your commitment is a total gift to each other. Mm. And you want to do everything that you can to please and give and um, be concerned. And it's a life of happy, not painful, self-sacrifice for your
0: partner. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the things, too. Uh, this is airing on Holy Trinity Sunday, and I know that uh, marriage is a little bit of a glimpse, a good and healthy and godly marriage anyway, is a little bit of a glimpse into the love that's shared between Father and Son, right? I mean, just a, like you were saying, a gift of one's whole person.
1: Absolutely. And so well, when we look at Trinity Sunday, we talk about a perfect sharing between the three persons of the Trinity. And that kind of sharing between the Trinity is a frequent... Um, Point of departure, in reflecting on the perfect way that you would ha- want to have the perfect sharing between a husband and a wife. Hmm. Say more. So the perfect sharing. So one of the things that actually Father Bill Deziel taught me this when he was um, preparing his wedding couples, he'd have them in his office, and he'd say, "Are you guys praying together?" And they say, "No." He says, "Let's try it right now," mm-hmm. and he would practice spontaneous prayer in his office while they were preparing for marriage. I I thought it was just genius. Yeah. And so I regularly have spent, now what are you going to do for your prayer? And they're going to go, well, we'll say our meal prayers. And that will be enough. And I'm going, "Mm -mm. we need to do a deeper kind of prayer. And so this prayer would be spontaneous prayer that you would do, and you would address it to God in front of each other, and you would pray about your hopes and your fears and what you're thankful for and your intercessions, and all of that. And if you will do that in a very deep and sincere open way with your spouse, as you open yourself up to God, you have this very intimate sharing that happens between each other. So you get closer to God and closer to each other in the prayer, and it's a powerful bonding, uniting kind of thing. Hmm. So the, the teaching about prayer and actually practicing it with a couple I think is a very useful thing to do. Uh,
0: uh, we're speaking with Father Michael Van Sloan, who's a regular contributor to the Catholic Spirit on all sorts of different parts of the faith. But specifically today, we're talking about uh, engagement and getting pre- prepared for to receive the sacrament of matrimony. And Father, these are excellent suggestions. That, uh, of course, you don't have to just be engaged if you have not done that as part of your marriage. I know it's uh, it's been a, a core part of my marriage for you know daily for for years now. And it, you're right; it's been such a bonding practice to pray together. Um, But how about people who are, um, you know, they have loved ones, family, friends uh, who are coming to that point where they're just about to be married. They're in the state of being engaged. How might we, uh, in simple and practical ways, how might we support engaged Catholic couples?
1: Well, I think that uh, praying for them is right on the top of the list. Yeah. And so that could be a little bit abstract, but if you if you have in your parish bulletin couples that are preparing for mar- marriage with with their names there yep. to protect um, in these days of identity theft, you have to have it you know maybe with a first name and a last initial or whatever. Sure. But if they're present at the parish and you're letting people know that this, these particular couples are preparing, they can be preparing for them. Hmm. And then you want to have your parish trying to do all of the other supportive things that you can. So like having the liturgical ministers available to serve them and having the faith formation program ready to serve them. And uh, a lot of other ways that you can have parish ministries that would be in a very positive and supportive thing for them. Uh, one of the things I like to do is having um, marriage retreats at the parish. So like, you get to Valentine's day and you do a, a marriage retreat or a marriage evening or a marriage dinner that features your married couples And then to have engaged couples join in with that, that is a really positive thing to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great idea. Yep. Yep. Having attended a few of those as well. That's a, that's a great idea. And there is something about that, isn't there? i mean, learning from one another and, and observing, being able to be invited at least a little ways into other people's marriages and to see uh, for those who are perhaps a little bit farther on in life and in marriage to see what, what some of the wisdom that they have is to share. I'd love, you talked about having mentor couples for engaged couples as well. I can imagine that's extraordinarily fruitful
1: so fruitful, in fact. Um, the first couple of years, I didn't see this happen, but I had this, saw this happen frequently over the years, that the, um, the couple would have such a good experience with their mentor couple that they would invite them to their wedding. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. You could
1: see that the bond that was, and then they, they end up being friends after they get married. And so seeing the enduring nature and the, the, the strength of the relationship that happened between those two couples, was an amazing thing to witness for me and uh, really a cause for great joy.
0: Hmm. It really is and uh, I love the the ideas um but you know there's there's still uh as people are getting married today in this day and age um there is this uh, oftentimes carried into it a a mindset of well, let's hope this works type of thing. And uh, what would you say is one of the attitudes, the correct, the appropriate attitude to adopt as an engaged couple? Because, of, of course, none of us can see um, with 100% accuracy what's going to come. Um, what is the proper attitude to uh, adopt as an engaged couple in terms of, well, is this marriage going to succeed or not?
1: Well, so if you look at the, uh, the their track record up to the point that they come, mm-hmm. they're relationship, this is one of the great blessings. It's like a miracle of God that their acquaintances, you know, they didn't even know each other, they become acquaintances, then they become friends, and somehow God blesses that marriage, and all of a sudden that friendship blossoms into love, and then the love itself grows greater and greater. Yeah. And so when I would reflect on them, i said, say, now do you see how this has grown? This clearly is the hand of God, isn't it? I mean, it was easy for them to see if God is love and their love is growing, that God is at the center of it. If God has brought you this far, can you trust that God will continue to be supplying you the grace that's going to move this forward? And so they can see from what the trajectory that their relationship has had, that it's likely, if they cooperate with God's grace and do the right things, that the trajectory of that uh, relationship will continue to grow and grow in the right direction. And I, I talked to them even a little bit about my own ordination. I said, you know on the day I was ordained um, I'm going, well, I sort of hope this works. <laughs> no. It's like, no. I no. I'm going, God, I, it, it seems to me that you've given me every signal that I should be moving in this direction. So even though I don't know the future, right. I'm going to trust you and place my life in your hands, and I'm going to try and make this thing work with your help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going, you don't know what's down the road, but if you make this commitment and you do it in faith and you keep close to the Lord— um. You're going to be, I'm predicting that you will be very successful with this marriage. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Trust and commitment. Those are two fundamentally important words when it comes to uh, preparing for to receive the sacrament of matrimony, certainly, as well as the sacrament of holy orders, Father, as you put out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Okay. So we talked a little bit about um, the people who are becoming less, in, uh, less inclined to have their marriages in the church, even if they, are self, if they self-identify as Catholics. And there's, there tends to be a lot of controversy around how to love and support Catholics who are marrying outside of the church. What would be your advice, Father, if we're invited to a wedding of a Catholic family member or friend who has fallen away from the faith and, say, is getting married outside of the church?
1: Well, you still want to love them. You want to keep the door open. So sometimes people will um, not go out of protest and they'll remember that's one of the things that will stick in a couple's mind. On our happy day, they were rejecting us hmm. and they were judging us. So I, I try to invite people to say they know what your values are. So go as a statement of um, your support of their love for each other. You don't have to be, you won't be supporting the way that they're doing it. But if you can keep the door open, at some point beyond that marriage that was outside the church, maybe they'll bring that marriage back to the church and have that marriage sacramentalized or have it blessed or convalidated. Yeah. And so to try and be able to stay in conversation with them and keep those opportunities about maybe you can consider this later down the road, even if you're not considering it now, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that those relationship things are extremely important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a great point. Because again, they're even if they choose to get married, maybe, I guess, perhaps, especially if they choose to get married outside of the church, then they're going to need it all the more, right? They're going to need love, support, and uh, someone to reflect to them the love of Christ and his role in their marriage. Uh, I guess in closing, Father, one of the things that I would ask is that, uh, you know, many of us who are preparing to go to weddings, I'm preparing to go to a wedding this year, and uh, there's other people who are uh, planning on doing the same thing. We're attending any, uh, this is kind of, I guess, a softball question, but any good uh, gift ideas in terms of, you know, not just something that's going to honor the couple, but it's going to honor their life of faith and their marriage that they're building together with God?
1: Well, one of the things about good gifts is that um a gift to somebody ref- lets them know that you know them and that it gives them something that probably would be helpful and they would appreciate. Right. On the other on the other hand, you can do something that's going to you would maybe hope would strengthen some of the spiritual dimensions. So for some of my relatives I've given them marriage crosses. Hmm. You're familiar with a Latin cross that's got the two overlapping rings that go at the cross?
0: Yeah, right.
1: And hoping that they'll put the marriage cross up in their house. Hmm. Uh, My sister and uh, brother-in-law, they have uh, uh, the scripture quote, you know, love is patient, love is kind, 1 Corinthians, as a little plaque, and they have it up in the house. I've seen couples that have got it, like, in the entryway to their house or even in the bathroom, But sometimes spiritual plaques or a wedding cross or some other thing that has spiritual significance, you don't want it to be too preachy. You don't want it to be too pushy, but it might have uh, some spiritual value that they might be able to grasp onto. Yeah,
0: that's a great idea. I like that. Well, Father, we've reached the end of our time. We are so appreciative of your great advice and thoughts that you've shared with us today. But may we have a blessing from you, please?
1: Well, we thank you, Lord, for... Um, all of our married couples and all of our engaged couples, we thank you for Jesus who um, endorsed the sacrament of marriage at the Cana wedding feast, and he promised to, apply, to supply oversupply of graces to help couples to be faithful. So we pray for our couples, we pray for all of us during these, um, during this time of the Easter season, and moving into Holy Trinity Sunday, that all of us
0: would be people of greater faith, and we bless in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, Father Michael Van Sloan. So grateful that you've been on the program yet again. We'll come back to you at another time. Thanks, Father.
1: All right. Thanks, Patrick. God bless you.
0: Find more of Father Van Sloan's reflections under his Faith Fundamentals column for the Catholic Spirit.